show out. And you're listening to A Different Tech, where two black women talk tech. How are you doing, Shoyo? I'm doing well. Um, I can't complain. Good start to the new year so far, despite everything else going oh on in society. <laughs> but personally, for me, I'm doing pretty well. So how about you? Um, I mean, I'm doing as well as one possibly can be when there is a insurrection at the Capitol. Um, yeah. But... I guess I'm trying to plan out my yearly goals because I have these big goals every year that I want to do. But then I'm like, oh, you know, maybe next year and never do them. So <laughs> trying to do it this year, trying to you'll be happy about this, but I'm using Notion to try to get these goals together. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've stopped trying to do yearly goals. Um, because I feel like midway through the year, I decide something different (laughs) of what I want to do. So I'm taking it a month at a time because if anything of this year is anything like next last year, then it's just great to take it a month at a time, decide what makes me happy. I have like one big goal. I have two big goals, but everything else I'm like, we'll just see how it goes. (laughs) And also, I stopped doing so many broad goals, like get better at this, because what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And more, because I want to, examples, I want to improve my sewing. So I want to do 12 pieces this year instead of, oh, get better somehow. We'll see. But yeah, I'm glad to hear that you're doing well. Yeah, you, you too. Thanks. We have an exciting topic for y'all today. I actually feel like I say this every week, so. We're always excited. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're having a, a fun time. But the subject of this episode today is about big tech, which has been in the news lately, probably more than they have been in the past. Yeah, let's let's get into it. Let's dive in. So yeah, what is, like, what do you think of when you think of big tech companies? So there are definitely those big tech companies in the FANG acronym, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google. But outside of those five large companies, there are ones that people don't think about as much anymore, like your Microsofts, your Oracles, your IBMs, where these are still huge tech companies, but you know either their time has passed or there are more hip companies that have come to prominence. What, uh, what do you think when people say big tech? Yeah, I agree with that um, for the most part. Yeah, I think of big tech companies, I do immediately think FANG, But I also think they're just companies that have really monopolized a good portion of the market in more ways than we think possible. So when you bring up like Intel and IBM, like how many microchips (laughs) do you know out there besides like Intel Um, and things like that? But I feel that those FANG companies specifically are the ones that have made like so much headway both like legally and um in society as well yeah just a segue but um apple's making chips now they're m1 chips i saw that and then there's amd so intel's kind of falling off which i never thought i'd see the day but (laughs) very interesting so they're uh they're in some hot water right now some of the bigger ones. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for our non-U.S. audience or those that aren't really paying attention to the news, there have been dis- discussions about multiple 
pieces of legislation, either creating them or repealing them. A big one is the House meeting and, sorry, the House Judicial Subcommittee on Antitrust, Commercial and Administrative Law meeting and arguing that a lot of these big tech companies need to be broken up, including like Amazon, Facebook, Apple, Google. Um, they're saying that they have monopoly power. I mean, I don't disagree. Um, I was reading this article that was really saying how like Google and Facebook control the majority of the ad space. Um, Apple controls most of the smartphone space and like Amazon controls a lot of the e-commerce space. So I think that it makes sense why people would think to, I mean, it, it's interesting that now after they've gotten so big that now all of a sudden people yeah, are like, finally wait a second. Like <laughs> yeah, because it's like, I think maybe like people talking about billionaires and who should be a billionaire and shouldn't be a billionaire, which is a whole different aside, not for this podcast, but I think that's when people started thinking about Amazon, for example, and people are like, stop using Amazon, don't use Amazon, don't use Amazon. But like in reality, <laughs> Amazon.com is very much like only a small part of what Amazon does in the entire like internet sphere. A lot of our favorite apps and websites are run on, on AWS, which is owned by Amazon, Whole Foods, Shopping, Amazon. So I think it's audible, fair to uh, yeah, Amazon, audible, a yeah. Lot of companies. <laughs> there's so many, um, and even with Google, there's so many other products that are run on GCP, uh, Google Ads. Like we're always all searching on Google, um, which that in itself, when you think of search, is just so vast <laughs> beyond what any of us can even really, well, at least for me personally, can comprehend when it comes to like searching for things, especially things that are so beyond what I'm personally searching for. Um, but so it's interesting that now all of a sudden like legislation is really like doing something about it or at least trying to, but it's, what about, when, <laughs> to me it's like, what about before when they were making these acquisitions and all of this kind of stuff, like no one said anything or did anything. Yeah, there's some minor examples. For instance, Intuit bought Credit Karma, but the U.S. would not allow them to buy their tax software. So that had to go to another company. I forget who it was. But there are occasions, it seems like smaller acquisitions, but once you're right, these, these companies get very big. Really, that's when people start caring. When I mean, this could have been stopped a lot earlier. I really like what you said about Amazon. A lot of its profit coming from AWS, because that's definitely hard to boycott because, okay, you're not going to watch Netflix. A lot of sites are hosted on AWS. It's a lot harder for a consumer to separate themselves from that. And also Amazon, the shopping site and Amazon web services are totally different businesses. Um, and it kind of brings me back way back to one of the bigger antitrust cases, Bell Communications, where that whole monopoly had to be split up and that's how you get th how, things like AT&T nowadays. And even the older ones, like railroad, the railroads getting broken up or the oil companies being broken up, like Standard Oil, a big one as well. So, I mean, there's a precedent of these companies being broken up, but I don't remember any big ones to the scale of Bell or Standard Oil in my lifetime. 
Yeah, I think I think what it is though is that people are more as we become more reliant and dependent on technology, we're kind of starting to see what it means when you're paying for something for free versus when you're or when you are using something for free versus when you're paying for software that you use um because then it's like revealed oh like something's listening to you something's watching you and it takes like a couple people to realize it and then they bring it up to the larger scale and that's when okay now we've gone too far like it's one thing to make echo dots it's another thing to find out that your echo dot is listening to you <laughs> and like you pay for your echo funny story so <laughs> i have an echo and show your husband too do you have a dot or what do you yeah i have an echo dot yeah okay, i have the show so i was discussing with her an article i saw where your alexa is always listening to you regardless if you say the name or not and you can actually check inside your privacy settings and listen to what it hears from you. And it's always sending it off to Amazon. So definitely look at those privacy settings if you don't want that to happen. And uh, <laughs> Shay was shook when I uh, told her about that. I was. I went back and listened to a couple things and I was like, okay, this all needs to be deleted. But it, it's things that people don't really realize when you're doing stuff like that. Like I remember I was trying to make a reservation for a restaurant and you had to put a credit card on file to book your res or to secure your reservation and they wanted me to ent enter my credit card information in a google form and i was like <laughs> absolutely not i'm not doing that not um lack of security the lack of security and for me i was like that's i might as well just tweet my credit card information <laughs> at that point but it's something that we as like people who work in tech can see and understand. But I don't think that people necessarily think about, especially when they offer so much convenience, like signing in with Google or signing in with Facebook. And you don't realize that all of these things are connected and that when you make those things like, yes, maybe they don't have your birthday, but they like someone can do that, that that path, that track to really see what you like, what you don't like, what you're doing, what you're not doing. Yeah, Facebook has everything about you. Yeah, and you can, everyone, and they they don't hide it. Like, if you want to, like, like we were able to go see our, what our, what Amazon was listening, or Alexa was listening about us. Like, it's all there. But at the same time, it's, like, very much hidden that it is there as well like you can go download your facebook data but i'm sure you'll have to google have you ever done that it's very that. funny what google thinks of you no but i have looked to see on instagram what it thinks i'm interested in in terms of ads because that that's fascinating like it changes every day but it's it's interesting to kind of see that um but i think now people are starting to hopefully realize the implications of why big tech kind of needs to be broken up into little tech because um, it's not just to be like oh just create new companies that are doing something similar because a lot of times those companies get bought out or they get shut down or you can't these... even enter the market for instance yeah. for youtube you're not going to have a competitor because that costs millions of dollars a day to run those servers to run that content moderation and how are you going to get the content creators onto your platform so that's really one where it's going to be very hard to disrupt unless maybe Microsoft or someone really wants to make a video service. But even then, it's very unlikely it catches on. 
Yeah, because you one, you're trying to get adoption to the capital <laughs> and three is just kind of um, a lot of times these companies get bought out or we saw in the case of Epic um, and Fortnite or that Hey by Basecamp where they're in legal battles with Apple because they don't want to abide by their rules. And that rule is very pick and choose where Apple doesn't require Amazon to give them the 30% cut and their payments can go through Amazon. But other companies, like if you and I made an app, we'd have to go through Apple for payments. Again, where else are you going to go? I mean, go to the Android app store, but you're missing a large portion of the mobile population not being in one of the stores, especially the app store. Exactly. And we also see that these big tech companies just kind of copy off of smaller tech companies like Snapchat, which is not really like, I would not call Snapchat a small company at this point, but Snapchat, basically their whole premise was stories. And then Instagram came out and was like, hey girl, we got stories now. And that was so petty when they wouldn't <laughs> agree to be bought by them. And they said, oh. Okay, we'll make our own then. Right. And they literally flat out, I think, said we copied Snapchat. (laughs) And what about it? (laughs) Oh, and also IG Reels, when they heard that TikTok might get banned, they rushed to do a copy. Yeah. TikTok is still here in the US. Right. So it seems like it is really hard, even when you do try to make something. Um, You've even heard stories of where people will sell their stuff on Amazon for consumers to buy, and then Amazon gets wind of it, and they go create their own Amazon Basics version of it and then block them off the site. So they're not getting that money anymore. So it's important to know that when you are giving away information for free or being on a platform for free, that you are, they're using that in return for something else. Yeah, I totally agree. And also, when you're talking about Amazon Basics, where they have those products and they're going to promote theirs above yours. And even you can see this in Google searches, where if there's a related Google product, they're going to bump that up. They're also bumping up people who've paid for advertisement. So it's not a kind of a unbiased source or Google is, is uh, making determinations about what it wants you to see. Mm-hmm. And we always have to be in that frame of, again, if you're not paying for it, there's data being collected somewhere that's probably being sold or used. So to be cognizant of that and also to look at your privacy settings to see if you can turn off some of these features. Yeah, for sure. And I think also pay attention to these companies as well, especially I think Google just announced that they're working from home until like September or something like that. And it's like, okay, if Google is saying this, and Google has everybody's search history, so it knows way more than (laughs) anyone probably in this world. And it's like, all right, so what's really about to happen? Um, At least that's my concern. Oh, that's true. Also, um, the airline lobbies, where they're saying that travel's going to come back in 2023. So, I mean, they have all this data. Mm -hmm. It's a good source to look at. Yeah. And also, can we discuss how Facebook has so many unrelated companies? Like, uh, Facebook has Instagram. They also have WhatsApp. They also have Oculus. How do any of these companies interface with each other? Like you said, gobbling up. 
Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because they didn't. And then, like, originally, I think when they got acquired, they were just kind of these individual companies that stood alone underneath the Facebook umbrella. And now, every time I'm on these apps, I see, with Facebook. I don't, yeah, oh. let's discuss. I don't want my Facebook messages in Instagram. Don't. <laughs> Do not. I'm like, I haven't been on Facebook in months. Like, yeah. I don't care. I have Messenger. I don't need people to contact me through Facebook and Instagram. No reason. And even now, uh, WhatsApp, which was primarily supposed to be a way to send, like, secure messages and things to each other, is now, like, base- Facebook basically came out and said, like, we have all your data. We're going to use it. We're going to get it. <laughs> um, if you look at the – that's a very brief summary of the privacy policy of what they're saying. So you should look at it. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, apps that were meant to be secure are now no longer secure underneath the premise of, oh, we have all this data, we need all this data. And I saw this really good tweet um, that was really saying about how the problem with big tech companies is like, okay, like you have Amazon, if they cleaned up, their, if they had better laws and regulations when it comes to like their bottom line, um, Amazon wouldn't be so bad. And, like, if you have Google, it's like, okay, if they did a couple of different things, Google would still be Google, and it wouldn't be so bad. But when you have Facebook, where their primary primary purpose is to have all this information about you, for you to interact with people in the app, for you to constantly be on the app, that's when things start to get really unethical and start to get really dicey. But And it's like everyone... And the thing with having all of these big companies is, like, they have this excuse, right? Like, Google is really ads, right? But they're like, no, we do all this other stuff. There's all these other companies, too, that do ads. Um, Amazon's like, well, there's other networks that do what we do, knowing full well that they're monopolizing the network or the industry. Um, So, I don't know. Yeah, I'm interested. Quite the mess. Also, I mean, they're really boring to read if you're not a lawyer. But terms of services will tell you exactly what they're doing. But I don't think I've read one for a while. So <laughs> if yes. you really want to find out what's happening, look into that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also the App Store now. The App Store will tell you what this app is doing with your data on your phone. Mm-hmm. If you look at Facebook, it's, oh, email and text. And it's like, oh, I don't think I allowed that to happen. But it's happening regardless. So check that out as well. Because yeah. the most harmless-seeming apps sometimes take the most information for no reason. Mm-hmm. So, think, so think twice if you want to put your information into this app, A, or if the privacy just doesn't gel with you and your values. Yeah. Also, I think Apple or with iPhones, you can see when you're on an app if it's like listening to you or watching you. With the, I think it's like green if it's watching and orange if it's listening. So pay close attention to that and see what it's saying because you will probably definitely find that a lot of these apps are doing things that they have no reason to be doing or at least to us they have no reason for them to be doing that and it seems like in europe they're more ready to go after these companies Mm -hmm. in france right now there's a 1.2 billion euro fine uh apple 1.2 billion by French competition authorities. So it seems like the U.S. is very, I mean, the U.S. is very pro-business, but other countries have been 
taking these companies to task, but also you have GDPR in Europe as well, where mm-hmm. there's a right to be deleted. But some companies just don't want to do that. So if you're European, you can't access the site. And recently, California also adapted privacy measures. But again, these companies are still doing things that are sometimes morally questionable. So always be proactive about your security in your data. For sure. And we, re- I mean, I think this past couple of weeks, like we've seen what happens with these platforms and uh, we have in a big <laughs> the abuse of these platforms. Yes. Oh, it's it's been a few weeks. It's been a big, big few weeks. The, yeah. The big thing happening is Trump being banned from Twitter. Not even just Twitter. Um, banned from Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Discord, Snapchat, YouTube, Spotify, Reddit, Pinterest, and probably more that I'm missing. I think TikTok, which is funny because Trump <laughs> wanted to ban TikTok. TikTok's like, oh, and blocked. Yeah. <laughs> also, not just Trump, but other people encouraging violence or violating their terms of service, which has brought up a lot of conversation about is the internet public space? So let's let's get into it. What do you what are your thoughts on these arguments? It's not. I mean, I feel like when if you want to talk about like the First Amendment, I think everyone wants to throw around it's like that was based on like your ability to say what you want to say in terms of the government. Not the ability for you to just do whatever. I feel like people read the first any two, the first two, and then they just stop. Don't yeah. read the document and don't understand the first two. Yeah. So I think that nowhere, no, nowhere that you do things, especially on the internet, it's is safe. Nowhere where you do like things can easily get shut down. Um, people's Twitter accounts get shut down for ne- less than what <laughs> Trump is. Trump was doing. Um, So I don't think that, I think people need to realize that, yes, you can say whatever you want, but that doesn't mean that every every company has to provide you with the platform for you to say whatever you want. And I think we've seen the danger, which I don't know why it took now, but um, it's clear the danger that can exude when you give people the platform. Yeah, I always say you can say you hate the government and the government can't come after you because there's freedom of speech. If you go to your job and say, I hate this job, they can fire you. It's a private business. And of course, there are laws where you can't just say, I'm not going to serve black people. There are laws that will ban that. But private businesses have that authority to make laws. Also, like the no shirts, no shoes, no service where, I mean, you can make requirements as long as they're not illegal. Yeah, I feel like people think that that's what really like an aside. That's what really bothers me about this whole like mask thing and like people getting up in arms about having to wear a mask because the government actually tells you a lot of things that you have to do. Like you have to get car insurance if you have a car. If you work, you have to have health insurance. Either you're paying for it or they have to pay for it. So you have to have. Yeah, you have to pay taxes. So you have to wear a seatbelt when you're in the car. (laughs) Like, there's so many different things where, like, the government is already telling you what to do. And I think that while social media is good in the sense that it does give everyone the ability to have a platform, regardless of your socioeconomic background, who you are, where you are, et cetera, et cetera, 
that platform is something that can be very much taken away. Like you're still building it on land that you don't own and that can easily be taken from you. So I don't think, I mean, I'm for it. I think that it's very clear that the bad and the good of social media, especially with what happened in the, uh, a couple weeks ago. So yeah, I mean, he should have been gone a long time ago, but yeah. I, um, a lot of people are applauding these companies, but I'm just thinking this was an issue for a while and it's definitely money reasons why these people aren't banned where you bring a lot of people to Twitter when Trump makes a tweet. Like I don't even have a Twitter and I sometimes followed his line, his uh, account to see what he was doing and what he was saying. It's just when things got so bad that they had, that it was a loss to have him on the platform because people would start leaving. They'd start getting called out even more that they felt it was appropriate. Like the last possible moment they could do something right. They finally did. Yeah. I also read that, um, apparently it was the Twitter employees that, petitioned to get Trump banned from Twitter. It wasn't even Ooh. like Twitter just woke up. Jack woke up one day and was <laughs> like, you know what? We should take him off the platform. So I think everyone has their own motives. I think that especially in the big tech companies, I feel like they might have these like CTO, CPO meetings where they're like, how can we attack each other or compete against each other in order? Probably not. But I feel like it's never... They're not, it's almost like they're all trying to save face. Like they've all enabled bad things to happen using their platform. Um, and now they're like, oh shoot, we can't be aligned to that. We have to take a stand somewhere. It's the same way with like everyone posting those black squares <laughs> back in <laughs> June. You know what I mean? Like suddenly everyone cares when it's like cool and cute to care. But before, when damaging things were actually really happening way before this, no one wanted to say anything at all. Yeah, and also a lot of people have said on Twitter where they're getting harassed by certain accounts, but Twitter won't do anything. So it's very uneven about who gets banned, who gets to stay on. And you're not, sometimes not even following your, your site's rules because this person is valuable or they have a large following or something. But we even have smaller companies, too, that are getting deplatformed, like Parler, for example. We do, yeah. Let's take some time to talk about that. But yeah, like Parler was an account, I think it was like a, another social media account, for example, that had a lot of anti-Semitic, racist things that were being said. And I think because of the insurrection, that's another way where big tech companies are like, all right, we need to like ban against them. And I think Parler is actually, I think, suing Amazon and saying like, hey, you can't do that, even though they can. <laughs> so so they kind of started out as an alternative social platform with zero moderation, which is just a bad idea. And there have been a lot of companies that have tried that, like Gab and Vote that have closed mm -hmm. down. I think Gab might be around, actually, but Vote closed down a little while ago. So yeah, insurrection happened. A lot of the planning actually happened through Parler. And they're booted off Google Play, the Apple App Store, and AWS, like you said, so they can no longer be hosted. And I think their uh, domain name provider, DNS, whatever, something happened with them. Mm -hmm. Then they got hacked because they had really bad security and their images had metadata. So you could tell exactly where someone was when something was, when a photo was taken. 
So the FBI is actually using a lot of the parlor data to investigate who was at the Capitol riots. And now the parlor CEO is getting death threats, I read today. Mm. So it's just a whole mess there. <laughs> yeah. So, but do you think that this will, I feel like this is the first time people are really seeing people get thrown off social media sites. Do you think that this will change the behavior of people as they use social media? Or do you think that it's still going to be the same thing once everything like quiets down? Like, do you think that they'll like these companies will really take this huge stand? Or do you think that it's just like for right now, we have to do this? And then once like January 22nd rolls around, everyone's going to be like, okay, now we can go back to quietly allowing uh, racism on our platforms. Yeah, that's a great question. And I do think a lot of things are very temporary for good PR, especially for companies that have awful PR. And as you've seen, it takes a monumental, never happened before capital insurrection for these companies to take action, which is probably like the most extreme thing you would expect to happen, where it's like you have to act now. And when they had the ability to act before, it was, oh, no, we don't want to do this, blah, 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 blah. But when um, the ish hits the fan, it's, oh, wow, we actually have to act now. And I do think there will be more discussions about what these private companies can do. Because I think um, Chancellor of Germany, Angela Merkel, talked about this and was discussing. I mean, she's not American, so it really doesn't have any effect. Mm-hmm. on what the government would do but oh should these companies should be able to say to do i mean to say what they want which i don't particularly agree with but in government there might be more conversations and you see section 230 that trump wanted to repeal which is basically saying that providers are not responsible for what users post and he really rallied to get rid of that which i thought was a bad idea because if a company is responsible for what users say and they can get sued, they're going to kick you off immediately as soon as you say anything that could be grounds of being sued. So there is multiple, there's a lot of legislation that exists or people are trying to propose to answer these questions. So I'm seeing more maybe government might get involved. And because we see that these private companies don't care until they have to. Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure, honestly. Um, I think that these conversations are really interesting because I feel like us working in tech, we kind of have these conversations with each other often. Like, I think we're always, like, someone's always talking about big tech or something like that. So I think now this is um, something that's really reaching beyond the tech bubble so I'd be really interested to see how people act on it or if it's something that even people actually really care about as well. So I don't know. I think I'm going to stay tuned. I'm definitely going to pay close attention to all of these things. But yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I'm really wondering what the Biden administration does and what their stance is and what they're able to do. Because I feel like he would want to break up these companies. But are there enough votes? to do so. So these next four years should be very interesting to see. For sure, for sure, definitely. Oh, and also net neutrality. Remember that? Hopefully that comes back where net neutrality was, ever, was all internet. Traffic was treated the same and that was rescinded. So now it doesn't actually have to be. 
So that might pop up again because there'll be a new FCC chief as well. Ooh. Government <laughs> activities. Things are happening future. in the U.S. They are. <laughs> Administrations are changing. Thanks for tuning in to our episode today. We really appreciate our listeners. Yeah, be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at a different tech. And be sure to send us your questions at a different tech at gmail.com. Next week, we'll be discussing tech compensation packages and negotiation tips, which will be a very exciting episode. So make sure you tune in and like, share your site, subscribe. Bye. Bye. Bye.